0: Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the diet frozen yogurt bar went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. Welcome to the Coffee and Comics podcast. I'm your host, the caffeinated Clinton Robinson. As you know, normally I'd have a comic review for you, but this one will be just a little bit different. I'm honored to have a returning guest with me today, the amazing writer and artist Ron Randall. Welcome back, Ron.
1: Thanks so much, Clinton. It's great to be with you again. So, how you been doing lately? Very, very well. I've been a, I've been a busy uh, comic book creator and uh, uh, wouldn't have it any other way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think we would either. So for those of you who are longtime listeners, you'll probably remember that Ron is the creator of sci-fi comic series Trekker. And if you're listeners to the Rad Adventures Network, you will definitely be familiar with Ron's work. But for those of you that are still unfamiliar with the series... Well, maybe Ron can tell you just a little bit about Trekker.
1: <laughs> sure. So Trekker is a science fiction uh, series about a young woman who is a bounty hunter. That's the shortest, most succinct, boiling down to its barest elements I can think of for the series. Um, what it is at its heart, it's a series that is a, a sort of a very long form, protact- protracted, um, coming of age uh, journey of self-discovery, self-exploration story um, that's disguised as a series of self-contained science fiction action adventure stories. Um, it's a series in which uh, I get to indulge the uh, the 12-year-old in me that loves spaceships that crash land on swamp planets and um, <laughs> uh, journeys through the stars and and journeys through a a, a science fiction film noir setting like something out of Blade Runner. Um, I like sci-fi westerns like um, Firefly. And the nature of this series, uh, tracing the life story of this young woman who is a bounty hunter and is tracking down one adventure and one bad guy after another, I get to shift the series in the different stories through all those sort of different settings and tones. So it keeps things lively and interesting for me and hopefully for the readers as well. And uh, in the end, it's, it, the whole idea is to add up to a compelling portrait about this young woman and her journey of personal evolution. So maybe that does for, a, <laughs> for an introduction, I hope.
0: Oh, yes. And as many listeners might know, I am a fan of this series. But while Mercy St. Clair is definitely the star and highly likable
1: in her own right,
0: I'm personally an even bigger fan of Molly.
1: <laughs> well that's that's perfectly fine with me. Um I uh, uh the series was obviously it's all built around Maurice Saint-Clair. Um but uh I-, I knew early on of course from the beginning you know that no series can just be about one person. Um and uh, especially as as time goes on and the stories branch out and hopefully become sort of more nuanced and the world becomes more complicated your character has to interact with and and have deeper relationships, uh, with, with a lot of other people. And, uh, the, the stronger those other characters are and the more compelling they are, the better a series you have, of course. So, um, I really do try to, uh, imbue a lot of life into those other characters. And for somebody like Molly, you know, she doesn't have, um, the, the, um, the, the high, the high voltage presence of somebody who is a badass bounty hunter <laughs> like Mercy, Molly's Molly's a, a musician and the shop owner. <laughs> She's very much a civilian, you know. Um, but but it, it was really important to me that that she um, that she sort of in a way has equal presence, equal standing with Mercy because you know um, th- there's got to be a, a reason that that the two of them are together, and it, it you know it can't be um, it can't be a lopsided. Uh, unbalanced relationship and and so um, I, I want to I, I'm really glad to hear you say that you find her uh, a, a good strong compelling likable character maybe I'm putting words in your mouth I don't know oh, but, no 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 that is yeah. exactly it well good Paul well, thank you so much I, I just uh, she sort of um, embodies uh, for me just you know a lot of a lot of the humanity that that I that I hope to have in the series Um, the sort of stuff that Mercy um, would would just as soon never let show in herself. You know, Mercy would like to just be the the implacable, <laughs> unstoppable sort of, you know, killing machine, relentless, badass bounty hunter. Um, but uh, I personally find those sort of characters, um, if that's all there is to them, I, I find that kind of a dead end for story and for for character. Um, so Mercy's own journey is one where she finds out, you know, she is actually as uncomfortable and inconvenient as it is, of course, uh, in some situations, she's a human being. And, uh, Molly sort of is, is, is a big part of the spark that, that helps to bring that out in Mercy. That's, that's how I see that dynamic. So
0: would you say the two character stories have evolved in recent volumes?
1: Oh yes, absolutely. Um, it was a it was a conception that was baked in not from the very beginning of the series to be perfectly honest, but pretty early on in the series. well, no, from the very beginning, I mean, I knew that 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 molly was was in there uh, as Mercy's friend and sort of confidant for a very good reason. it, it served a good story function of giving somebody to um, have mercy sort of react to and sort of in some ways reveal parts of herself um, that she otherwise wouldn't have given herself permission to do. But as the, ser- as the stories have gone on and the relationship has evolved, um, yes, I, I, I hope that they're both you know, becoming much more you know, three-dimensional characters for the readers and sort of for each other as well.
0: Okay, and speaking of recent volumes, uh, mm-hmm. you have a new Trekker story coming up, is that
1: right? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, the uh, I'm not sure exactly when your show will air, but as of Tuesday, September 29th, I'll be launching a, a new campaign for the story Trekker Hunter's Moon, um, which is one I'm pretty excited about. I mean, I, every time I do a Trekker story, I'm excited for the new the new sort of setting or tone and the next step in mercy's journey but this one uh just I, I don't think i've ever had more fun more pure fun as a comic book storyteller uh than i have had in, in creating and writing and drawing this one it's just been a blast
0: hunter's moon's a pretty catchy title
1: <laughs> thanks yeah the, the titles can be tricky but uh this one uh I just tickled the story for a little while and, uh, and this kind of suggested itself. And I was, I was pretty pleased with it. <laughs> okay. Well, without
0: spoiling too much, uh, what can you tell us about it?
1: Um, what, one, one way I, I like to describe it is, is sort of by putting it in the context of the previous story that came out. The last story was called battlefields. And in that one, mercy sort of finds herself in the middle of like a war zone, um, And she's sort of caught between two opposing armies and she winds up sort of, uh, making a sort of a marriage of convenience with, with a squadron of, uh, these, these rebel, these rebel sort of soldiers. So it's kind of a war comic sort of feel to it. Um, which is a chance to explore mercy within the context of a small, um, a small fighting unit. Uh, that's not a role that is comfortable for, a lone wolf type bounty hunter who you know definitely doesn't generally work and play well with others um and, and then we shift from that story to hunter's moon where I, I wanted something that was sort of more more primal and more um more feral than than not like a sort of like a, a a military discipline sort of structured detail in a way. So Hunter's moon uh, strips everything down to its basics. Uh, Mercy is in a, is, is out in a, uh, a raw savage moon. Uh, and uh, she and her small band of, of characters, including Molly, of course, um, wind up uh, being confronted by or confronting, a creature out of their uh, you know out of your worst nightmares um so and then in the end there has to be like this knockdown, drag out tooth and claw <laughs> you know one-on-one fight between between mercy and this this uh nightmarish creature um so it's a very elemental story and um I'm, I'm hoping that that we will see mercy sort of pushed to to new limits and um i just feel and it's all to lead a the whole story structure structured to lead up to a uh, maybe the most uh, intense, climactic, you know, one-on-one fight that I've ever shown in, in the series. Um, it was just really fun to sort of let it all loose <laughs> like that.
0: <laughs> okay. And does it bring anything new to the Trekker universe?
1: Yeah, I think it does. The The, the whys and wherefores whoref, of this creature, why it's there, how it came to be there, um, s- sort of ups the ante for the stakes that Mercy and her... And her crew, her, her characters, are are uh, up against the, the forces uh, that are arrayed uh, against them that, that she is finding herself being put in opposition against. Mercy never saw herself as being um, a big player on any sort of a big, you know, big stage. She just wanted to keep things simple, be the bounty hunter, you know, shoot somebody and get paid for it. But uh, the, the stories are gradually pulling her into, uh, onto, into a larger role in, in, in the way that um, the future is unfolding, frankly. And uh, this is the next, the next step in that, in that path. It, it ratchets everything up um, in intensity and, and, and degrees of uh, what's, what's at stake. Okay. And you are uh, still providing both the story and art, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Trekker's uh, <laughs> Trekker's kind of a one-man show in in, in a way. Uh, I, I hasten to say I have some great supporting help with it. Um, I have uh, there's a really gifted young uh, cartoonist named Caitlin Like who works with me on the colors. She does the initial stage of the coloring, um, putting down the basic flat colored colors, and then I go through and tweak and revise and adjust those as I go on. But a lot of times the foundation that she gives me is is so good that I that I, that I stick with that scheme and just, uh, do the finishing touches. Uh, and I, I, I have an editor that I use and, uh, I have people that help me out with, with getting the books, you know, the produ- production aspect of getting the books to the printer and back in the printer, looking as good as they possibly can. So, um, I'm grateful to all those people for their help. Uh, but by and large, the, 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 envisioning of the stories and the the execution of them all that's that's pretty much on me
0: well it's definitely a lot of work put into it <laughs> and uh you're doing it through kickstarter again is that right
1: yeah yeah all of my campaigns uh, uh have used kickstarter and i've been so gratified to to um to find such a such a strong and enthusiastic show of support on them uh, when, I, when I launched the first one a few years ago now, I just, I had no idea what sort of a response it would get. I mean, I knew there were people that liked liked the book and remembered uh, the character fondly from from the uh, the stories that had been earlier published that had worked with Dark Horse, but I didn't know how many of those people would, would find their way to Kickstarter and, you know, be willing to support it in this new format, and uh, I was very pleased. So um, the the campaigns are all, I, I use the same URL for, for every one of the campaigns. It's TrackerKickstarter com. I try to make it <laughs> easy and identifiable.
0: <laughs> okay. Any uh, stretch goals we're looking at this time, or? Uh,
1: yeah, I. Um, everything from you can get, um, uh, you can have your your name or a name of somebody or something you'd like to have. I can that can make it sort of like a cameo appearance in the story. Uh, there are reward levels at which you can. Um, uh, have me draw a commission of any character that you would like. I do those in watercolor and in black and white. Uh, everybody who pledges the campaign at all on any physical level, anyway gets an exclusive uh, print of a watercolor that I did just for this campaign. Um, and one of the, one of the rewards that to me is, is key is a level at which you can, you can uh, pledge for the new book and then get all of the, um, the library of all the, uh, all the previous stories so that if you're new to the series it's it's pretty easy to get the whole the whole adventure um, f- from from start to where we are right now uh, and uh, the highest level I have is called uh, I call it the big game hunter um, and that's where you can you can actually be drawn into the book yourself as, as a character in the book and then uh, at that level you are then receive uh, as part of your rewards a, a page of original art from the book that you appear in so.
0: See, good stuff out there, folks. <laughs> okay, I have to ask probably what is going to be the most important question, though. Okay. <laughs> How much does Scuff have to do in this one?
1: <laughs> Scuff, uh, that is uh, Mercy and Maldi's uh, pet. Uh, I call him a dox, which is just my uh, my invention or whatever for uh, a domesticated fox. Um and uh, scuff is 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 on scene but he he doesn't play a, a major role scuff is uh he's just uh, uh he's he's there to just remind us all of uh, <laughs> of the sweetness that life can occasionally uh you know lend us even when we're dealing with grim adventures
0: <laughs> okay folks you heard it here there, there's not a lot of scuff but go ahead and back it anyway cuz I I want to read some more Mercy and Molly,
1: scuff or no scuff. (laughs) Well, I will say there there's there's plenty of stuff between with Mercy and Molly in this story. Uh, um, There's one point at which in the um, in a quiet moment in the middle of all this you know this frenetic desperate action and adventure, there's there's a quiet moment when the two are together and and uh, they start Molly starts to reminisce about the first time they met, which is something we haven't. Seen yet in the in the series it was the, the first meetings of of some of the characters, including that one. And uh, then we have a little bit of a flashback to show that. And um, I felt it, you know, as as I continued to try to advance their relationship, I thought it was also good to go back and you know see some of the early foundations and that sort of stuff. I, I just felt like it was a good place in this series to have that particular moment that hadn't been shown yet. So um, yeah, I, I try to that that relationship is is Pretty much front and center uh, uh, in the series at this point, for sure. Okay, so I've got just a few more
0: questions that really aren't closely related to the new project, but okay, you know, we're, we're gonna have a little fun. Okay. <laughs> so, any chance we'll ever get spinoffs focusing on Molly or Scuff?
1: Um, I I love both of those you know both those characters and i would love to find find the room and time to to do to do more with them um the the only uh the only thing that that restricts that is is my uh the the time and energy that i have available for for side projects like that um it's 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 really pretty much a full-time demanding task to 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 chronicle the basic (laughs) the basic story arc that said each of the um, each of the books, the volumes that I'm using, since I'm using this expandable, you know, trade paperback slash graphic novel format, there's usually one main feature in this in this book. It's uh, Hunter's Moon, and but there's always a, a backup story, or sometimes even two. And in those stories, that's wh- that's where I have the opportunity to do exactly what we're talking about here, which is sort of explore some of the um, the ancillary trails that that help to enrich and give more context to to mercy's world and the main the main journey that she's on so um uh, molly and scuff will, will continue to have uh, presence in in those stories as well and i've always toyed with the idea about doing a story just a, a short story that's just an adventure of scuff by by himself so <laughs> i'll see if i can find a way to pull that off <laughs> just for you clinton oh thank you <laughs>
0: Uh, Okay, so would you ever be open to Trekker crossing over with another
1: creator-owned series? Um, Yeah, again, I mean, it would have to be the right series and that sort of stuff. Um, And it would have to make sense, I guess I'd I'd have to say. Uh, But um, I've had a couple of people have have approached me and we've talked about it, finding the time to... um, to to match up schedules and finding ways for the stories to fit together. It can be tricky. Um, But uh, I don't, I I wouldn't rule anything out. I mean, I I just think there's always, there's always possibilities that, uh, that, you know, like the the, sort of the stars can line up in the right way and, and something can happen. Obviously there's a lot of characters that Mercy just couldn't and wouldn't work with. That would just be too much of a violation of, of, sort of the, 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 rules that I try to set for mercy's world, you know, I and mean, you're doing something that's in some ways an outlandish science fiction, slash science fantasy, whatever you want to call it, a uh, series. Uh, and if I want the character and the world to feel somewhat believable to the readers, I, I, I felt I needed to set up a, a pretty, pretty solid set of rules and not violate them. So, um, you know, they're, they're supernatural elements, uh, super powered characters. Um, Those 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 would be stretching it pretty far, Um, so. But yeah, I mean, depending on uh, depending on what happens, who knows?
0: (laughs) Do you have any in mind that you'd like to work with, or? Um. Well. uh,
1: I will say that uh, I we already we did have one very uh, very odd crossover. This is pushing about as far as it would go, um, but uh, back on uh, the the first of the Dark Horse trade paperbacks was called um, the Train to Avalon Bay, and it had a second feature there that my friend Carl Kiesel, a great comics creator in his own right, he has a character called Johnny Zombie. Who is a semi-mythological or folkloric sort of character, like a Paul Bunyan? Um, and the concept of that series is he goes around and when there's a when there's a zombie infestation, <laughs> he goes out and, and fights it. But then by the end of each of the stories, um, there, there's always a question: Did it really happen, or was it just sort of like a, a a figment of the collective imagination? Things like that. So, which is kind of a cool concept. And so we thought with that in mind we had a story where mercy teamed up with johnny zombie or did she it's you know it's um <laughs> i thought we could we got away with it that way um so that was that was really fun carl is a you know a, a wonderful friend a great great you know talented comics creator in his own right so that was uh, i jumped at the chance to to work with him and we just had a blast working together so things like that we might be able to make make something go
0: <laughs> well i'm glad you brought up carl because uh you and he had a little friendly contest going between your kickstarters last year <laughs> and
1: uh, that's right yeah
0: I, i'm just curious if you have another bet going with anyone for this
1: kickstarter i don't have one cooked up yet but um but I do know a couple of, of really great—I uh, uh, I call them Kickstarter creators. I, I, or there's a category right now. I call Kickstarter creators, and I know at least two or three of them are going to be running uh, campaigns uh, that, that overlap with mine. And uh, a, a lot of us love um, to take those opportunities to do things to sort of try to, cross, you know, to to lend mutual support um, and, and cross pollinate, as it were. Um, uh, and that's one of the wonderful things that I love about about uh, Kickstarter is it's the way that you can have that much more immediate connection and interaction with the fans, the readers, and also with other creators, because none of us have like a, a company behind us and we're all running our own little businesses. And, and it's, we're, we, we all know how we all treasure and highly value the the support um, and the, the sharing of uh, recommendations And that sort of stuff that you can get because the the real challenge is to make sure that enough eyeballs (laughs) find your book, Uh, you know. um, So uh, I I don't have anything cooked up yet, but uh, I've given it some thought and I'll be reaching out to some people and seeing if we can come up with something fun to do.
0: (laughs) Okay, so uh, Mercy is clearly an amazing bounty hunter. But if you were to rank your top three bounty hunters in pop culture, who would they be?
1: <laughs> ah, well, let's see. Well, there was an old TV show back when I was a real little kid called "Have Gun Will Travel." Oh, it, it yeah. a classic That's Western. A good one. Yeah, uh, Paladin was the name of the uh, <laughs> the guy. uh, very intentionally <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm sure uh starred richard boone uh was the name of the actor and uh so that he you know as you know what is the first thing you're exposed to often when you're young that that leaves a big impression with you so uh he would be uh, right up there at the top of the list uh i mean it's kind of hard to when you have Science fiction bounty hunter. that's kind of hard to get away from Boba Fett, isn't it? <laughs> although, although maybe Mandalorian would give. I'd be. I, I don't know between the two of those who would want to face off with. Um, there was a great bounty hunter character in uh, in an episode of the TV series Firefly. Um, I can't remember the name of the character. He, his name was. Oh, I can't remember Jub, Jubilee or something like that. Uh, Jubal, mm-hmm. something like that. Anyway, he was creepy as anything. He was so, he was implacable and just seemed like such a sociopathic character. He wasn't a nice guy at all. I'm not (laughs) saying that, but he was a very compelling character. Uh, Made a big impression on me. Uh, So maybe those, those, maybe those will do for me. (laughs) That sounds good.
0: Okay. So one more, and this is a very important question now. (laughs) Okay. Uh How do Mercy and Molly feel about coffee
1: about coffee? Yes, I think they both think coffee is probably one of the top ten you know <laughs> achievements of <laughs> civilization. <laughs> I might just be projecting though, <laughs> but yeah, I think they would both be uh they're always down for a good cup. <laughs>
0: All righty. Well, Ron, thank you for being such a good sport and joining me for this brief discussion. Uh, My pleasure. Before we go, please do remind listeners where they can find more about Trekker, the Kickstarter, and, uh, you know,
1: where they can follow you on Twitter. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I just at Ron underscore Randall. I'm also on Facebook, and I'm on Instagram as uh, Randall Shots. Uh, and if you want to find out about Trekker, the best way to do that would be to uh, dive into the the Kickstarter campaign. There's a video where I talk about and show a lot of images from the new book and try to try to sum up the story. Um, and you can scroll through the campaign and, and get a lot of the sense of, of what the elements of the series are. And that campaign, again, is trekkerkickstarter.com. It runs September 29th through October 29th. So uh, it's a nice, scary story just in time for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Well, thank you again very much, Ron. My pleasure. Trekker Talk.
2: Fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of Trekker Comics by creator, writer, and artist Ron Randall. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth. We'll be discussing the stories, characters, and art in this excellent retro sci fi adventure series, as well as having side conversations about other areas of fandom. We hope you'll join us as we travel from the dangerous back of New Gellif to the depths of outer space and everywhere in between. Trekker Talk is available at Podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Find us at trekkertalk.com. Hello there. This is Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. The Yard Sale Artist, with a quick podcast promo for my show, Comics with Normies. Here's how the show works. Using my yard-sailing skills, I acquire a random comic book from a yard sale. I then give said random comic to a normie. A normie being a person who doesn't normally read comic books. Then, on the show, I'll sit down with the normie to discuss the issue, get a real outsider's point of view, and see what some of the comics that we love, and maybe not love so much, seem like to those normal folks we see walking around on the streets each day. It should be a fun perspective and good for a few laughs. You can check out the Comics with Normies podcast along with some other fun-filled podcasts from White Rocket Entertainment on iTunes and at whiterocket.podbean.com. And feel free to join the show using the Twitter handle at normiespodcast or on Facebook at Comics with Normies. Once again, you can find Comics with Normies on iTunes and at whiterocket.podbean.com. We'll see you there.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back. I just want to thank Ron one more time for joining me on here. It was great talking to him again and I really hope everybody checks out his new Kickstarter. So, last episode with guest Martin Gray covering Scooby-Doo Team-Up. Got Twitter likes, shares, retweets, all that fun stuff from Martin Gray, Tim Price, AUSXIP Supergirl. Billy Delicious, Dr. Pop Culture BGSU, Scott X, Keith B10, The Hammer Strikes, Too Dangerous for a Girl, Paul Hicks, Dr. Ange, Chris Leiden, Dr. Kittens, Lauren Skinkas Art, Chris at BTO and Betbooks, Corey Dvorkin, Secret Wars and Beyond, Green Lantern H.G., Jeffrey Brown, Comic Book Couples Counseling, Baby Skeletor, Michael Wagner, Longbox Crusade, Chris Stados, Alan Middleton, Slang Word Scott, Between the Pages, Smilin' Jack, Connell, Delvin Williams, and Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. On Facebook, we got the same treatment from Martin Gray, Gene Hendrix, Mike Garvey, Pat Sampson, Rob Myers, Howell Jordan, Steven Robertson, Max Traver, and Cindy Franklin. A lot of good folks there. So on Twitter, we got a little bit of feedback. If you'll recall, Martin asked last episode if. Nasty ever uh, actually went bald in the comics, and Dr. Ange tells us, no, Nasty never turns out bald. I wonder if you're confusing the time Lena was bald because she needed brain surgery and they shaved her head. Uh, It could be, Ange, you never know, but, you know. Thanks for doing the reference for us, the research, reference, research, research, that word. Okay, and we also got a little bit of feedback from Green Lantern HG, who said, a great episode and a great guest. Well, I'll agree with that. Uh, my goodness, Scooby gets around. He's like the Kevin Bacon of comics. Is there anyone he hasn't teamed up with? Um, I'm going to guess somebody on the Marvel side of things. <laughs> But other than that, no, I'm not sure. I mean, he's teamed up with the Adams family, the Globe Trotters, um, Speed Buggy. I mean, Scooby gets around, dude. So that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. I uh, thank you all for joining in and listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, just a little. Um, Handing out my tip jar here. I just recently started a Ko-Fi. No pressure on anybody, but if you feel like donating, uh, you can find the link uh, in my Twitter feed. Or just look up uh, ko-fi.com slash coffeecomicspodcast. You should be able to find me. So... What am I going to cover next episode? You already know it's going to be something completely random and different, so don't even bother trying to guess me, folks, because I don't know yet either. So, until that next episode, this is the place where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com or on Twitter at B L G.